Nyata, hello. My name is Alison and I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. And we're based on Peak Warren Country in Warrnambool. Today I'm focusing on an excerpt from Paul's letter to the Christians in Philippi. And in the midst of conflict and suffering, he urges them to rejoice, to pray, and to fix their eyes on that which is good, right and true. And you'll find the text in Philippians chapter 4 verses 1 through 9. Sometimes when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and the house is sort of clean and the garden's pretty and the teens are cheerful and my tummy's full and I have a bit of money in my pocket, I dance around the kitchen to Farrell Williams' smash hit, Happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof, he sings, and I smile and shimmy my shoulders. Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth and I do something dorky and hilarious with my arms. Because in his words, I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space with the air like I don't care. Record scratch. That's the rub. Because most of the time I do care. A lot. And the song goes on to say, in effect, tell me all your bad news. Whatever. It's not going to bother me because I'm happy. But the reality is that bad news does affect me because I love and care about you and the world. And the reality is that bad news often makes me angry, fearful or sad. So does this mean that people who love and care for others should be miserable all the time? Well, of course not, no. We can and should dance around the kitchen to cheerful songs when we can, and we can and should laugh and celebrate the many good things in this life. But to laugh and celebrate in the face of anguish, and to declare that your problems don't affect me, is simply callous. When someone says, my heart is breaking, we don't go, talk to the hand, I'm happy. Now, of course, some Christians want to ignore the cross. They think that if your faith is strong enough, nothing bad will ever happen to you. And some of them even go so far as to accuse people who are sad or suffering of a lack of faith. And we got some of that when my mother was very ill, and quite frankly, it was spiritual abuse. Because when people are suffering, the Bible doesn't tell them to buck up, she'll be right, mate, get over it, quick sticks. Instead, it tells us to weep with those who are weeping. And when Jesus cries out in anguish from the cross, no voice from heaven tells him to cheer up, son, it will all be over in a minute. Instead, people who love him watch to the end as he hands his life anguish and death into God's hands. Yet Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. And maybe those relentlessly happy Christians think that he's telling people to walk around with a rictus grin and to pretend that it's all good. But Paul's not writing from a sunny kitchen or any other happy, cheerful or salubrious location. Instead, he's writing from a dank prison in Rome where soon he will die. He's already encountered hunger, persecution, shipwreck, beatings, whippings and all the rest. Worse for him, the message he shared has been undermined and even rejected by many. And the faith communities he so lovingly established appear to be falling apart. His life and work look to be a total failure, which will end in the shame of execution by the state. 
Meanwhile, the church itself is about to go through terrible times under the Emperor Nero, Christians being used as burning torches in his gardens, Christians thrown to ravenous lions to the cheers of crowds at the arena. So Paul isn't happy, and nor is the church, and worse is yet to come. But rejoice, says Paul, don't worry about anything. And he's not a fool. He knows his life is nearing the end. He knows the church is being persecuted, and he knows that God is not a superhero about to swoop down and fix everything. But he also knows that nothing is wasted, nothing is lost when placed in God's hands. This is the mystery of the cross. It's the faith that pain and suffering, even death, can be used for the salvation of the world. And it's the faith that when we trust God and allow God to use our lives, God can shape them for a greater purpose. Our troubles won't go away, but when placed in God's hands, they become part of a larger story in which suffering is in some way redeemed. And they become part of a project in which the world is filled with God's goodness and healing and peace. And in this larger story, we may or may not find happiness, but we will absolutely know joy. Happiness? It's fleeting. It's temporary and context-dependent. When things are going well, when the sun is shining and nobody's sick or suffering and there's a bit of money in the bank, it's easy enough to feel happy. Happiness is about freedom from fear and freedom from care. It's pleasant, but one record scratch moment and it's over. Joy, on the other hand, is much bigger, much more enduring. The Greek word is kairo, and it means the good mood of the soul, or the culmination of being. Joy is what happens when our selves are integrated with God and the world in all of their beauty and terror. It's about tapping into the fundamental connectedness of all things. Through Christ Jesus, we are promised this joy when we align our lives with God. So joy is not dependent on context, nor does it indicate the absence of suffering. Instead, it's a gift we are given when we open our hearts to God, even or maybe especially in times of anguish. When we give our lives to God, the things that we are taught to fear, suffering, rejection, even death, can be redeemed. Don't worry about anything, writes Paul. Not because our troubles will evaporate, but because joy is an antidote to fear. When we trust God, and when we want God's will more than our own comfort or happiness, we don't need to be afraid. Instead, whatever is happening, we can enter into communion with God. And the fruit of this communion is joy. So in these days of fear and sadness, in this time of myriad personal and public griefs, I urge you to turn, turn and turn again to God. Pray about everything, encourages Paul. Tell God what you need and thank God for what God has done. Place every aspect of your lives into God's hands and trust that God will use them for the healing of the world. 
and God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Your troubles will not go away, but you will know peace. Your suffering will still be with you, but you will know courage. And your body will still ache with terrible grief, but running below the surface in an ever-flowing stream, you will sense the power and the goodness of joy. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequoring people of the Eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which is taken by force and has never been ceded. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. The peace of the land, waterways and skyways be with us all. Amen.